G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, February 3. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, Carl DiOrio and Joel Marshall. Well, Carl, uh, Joel indeed, now that you've uh, joined us, the uh, road to the big juvenile group ones uh, moves a bit further along this weekend with the running of the Chairman's Stakes at Caulfield and the Canonbury and the Widden at Rose Hill. The Chairman Stakes has produced uh, three Blue Diamond, or three horses have won both races, both the Chairman's and the Blue Diamond. Uh, this century, that's Road to Success and Reduce Choice very early. And uh, in fact, Reduce Choice might have even been late last century. And uh, Extreme Choice more recently. And those first two probably aren't a great comparison because in those days it was actually run the week before. Uh, the Blue Diamond and uh, the Canterbury, of course, and Widden have, uh, I think they've produced, I think, four horses. Uh, two Colts and two Phillies have uh, done the double, either Canterbury into Golden Slipper or Widden into Golden Slipper in the last decade. Most recently, of course, Shinzo last year, who debuted in the Canterbury and then went on to uh, win the Golden Slipper. But uh, they're fairly small, thin fields. Um, you don't have to be as experienced to win a Golden Slipper or a Blue Diamond as you used to be. Joel, uh, can you see any potential major winners in the fields of those races this weekend? Yeah, well, uh, looking at uh, the, the two features at Rose Hill, obviously we get to sort of the first real guide to the um, uh, just to the strength of the breeders' plate and the gym crack back in the sprint. Obviously, there was a couple of horses that went on to have another race that campaign, but these ones are horses that are returning from a break that were tipped out after they competed that day. We've got three going around in the Widden uh, and Manal, Ali Anir and Lady of Camelot. They finished first, fifth and fourth, respectively, in the gym crack. And in the Canonbury, we see the return of Fearless and Prost, who finished fourth and third, respectively, in the Breeders' Plate. So I think it's really good just to just to see how, how those races are going to stack up and, and which of those have really taken the next step uh, you know, in the in their time off. And among the older horses at uh, in the, at the big venues this weekend, probably the one that a lot of people want to see is uh, Jimmy Starr at uh, at Caulfield in the last, um, coming back unbeaten from two Australian starts uh, in in his last campaign. And indeed, his first Australian campaign. Carl, you've spoken to uh, trainer Kieran Ma for this week's winning post. Uh, what's your feeling about uh, how Jimmy Starr is going to go first up? He should be very competitive. I'm a little bit surprised how short he is opens up in betting. Um, but I suppose he's lightly weighted. He's well drawn. He's got a leading jockey in Blake Shinnerboard who missed his last start victory on Cranbourne Cup Day through suspension. He is at that... Uh, $2.10 quote, which I don't think pays sufficient respect to his opposition. He could easily run well and be defeated. Um, but he's got a bright future ahead of him. There was some speculation linking Jimmy Starr to a possible move to Hong Kong. Um, but it's very unusual to see a horse in that ownership that shows such potential from an early stage to then be on sold to Asia. So very interesting to see how Jimmy Starr fares in that last race. And uh, He's one of several highlights in the Caulfield program. All right. Well, speaking of Caulfield, we'll start the preview section there. There are two black-type races. Then we'll get to our specials. First of the black-type races, race four, Lamaro's Hotel, 
Chairman's Stakes, 1,000 metre Group 3, set weights and penalties for two-year-olds. Joel? Yeah, again, we get to see the um, you know, form from late last year and, and see how how it's progressed. Uh, I've led the way at number three, Scampi. I still don't think we've seen the best of him. He trialled really well before the Breeders played and had started a $3 favourite. Was disappointing there, showing speed and weakening. He had another run, went to the Golden Gift, and I thought he was all right. He drew wide, finished fifth there behind Shangri-La Express. You know, he didn't get any favours in the run. He was back and wide, and I thought he, he ran quite well. So just uh, think that there's more to come from him than what we've seen so far. He's trialled quite well leading into this prep. So I've learned his way from two Anisa and one Coleman, both impressive 1,000-metre Caulfield winners uh, last year. So... Clearly, there are going to be top hopes here. And in for fourth, I've put in number four, counter-offensive. Uh, these Snowden two-year-olds usually uh, always perform well when they send them down for these type of races. And he would need to improve on the debut, but there are a few excuses there, and he has trolled well since. But I made it three, two, one, and four. And these are on top for me. I was impressed by her debut at Flemington during Cup Week, and then she backed it up with a, a pretty... Uh, Easy win in the, in the Merson Cooper over the course. And uh, I think she'll uh, get the right run here from Barrier 6 and be awfully hard to beat from Coleman, uh, Scampy. Uh, yeah, don't think we've seen the best of him to date. He had a bit of hype about him heading into that debut. And I, I think we'll see the, a bit more from him this campaign. And then for fourth, I'll put in number four, counter-offensive. Two, one, three, and four. Uh, yeah, I'm with Anisa two from Coleman. I've got Express Yourself uh, in for third. Two good placings at nice odds in December. A little break and we'll be good odds again, I'd imagine, and we'll be up there somewhere. So if it's a bit leaderish, can certainly uh, fall into first or second. It's uh, not each way betting, unfortunately. And counteroffensive for fourth. So two, one, six. And four for me. And then we go across to race number eight. Also the Little Mara's Hotel sponsors, but it is the Jeffrey Balmain Stakes, 1,200 metres, set weights and penalties for mares, four years old, and up group three, 1,200. Joel? Yeah, there's been a, an early drift in the market for the horse that I like, but uh, we'll just wait and see whether the market swings back her way on Saturday. I speak of number four, Party for One. Uh, really keen on her chances. So she was new to the price in Kent Yard last prep and she had a habit of missing the start, getting back and and always just uh, saying back me next time, certainly when she was up in Sydney. And she did that at her first couple of runs for the stable. They were able to get her to jump better, uh, third and fourth up into the prep. That was 1,400, but she did jump well and she was able to win a couple at Flemington and then she missed out at her last run. Uh, probably raced a bit keen. It was probably a, an end of run prep. She's had two jump outs at Cranbourne and importantly, she's left the stalls pretty well on both occasions. I thought her latest effort behind Jimmy Starr, the horse we spoke of earlier, was pretty good. Now, I know um, you just look at the form and she's had six starts, 1,200, no placing. So it's a bit misleading. She's got form below 1,200 and and further than that trip. So I'm not sort of concerned about that. And I just think from barrier one, if she jumps, which I think she will, she can land just behind the, the likely leader, Sneaky Page and Penthouse and Thought she'd be hard to beat. I got wrote to Arataki in for second. Class Mayor won the race last year. In for third, number 10, Nikoni. 
uh, needs to take the next step. But what she did in the spring was pretty good. Couple of uh, nice wins, Ballarat, Sandown, and then stepped up to stakes class and was second to Vienna Princess. Obviously, that was spring 12 months ago. So she's had a long break, but uh, yeah, easy to like that Vienna Princess form. And fourth uh, for fourth number two, Rich Fortune has been around the mark without winning this time in. 4 1 10 2. Expecting improvement from Rich Fortune. I think uh, the first two runs this campaign looked in need of the outing. Uh, has run very well her, her next two starts, third in the Kensington last time, getting a little bit too far back against the uh, way the race was run and finished off strongly for fourth behind Ray Magnario. I like the way this race potentially sets up from barrier four. Should stalk the pace and be strong late from seven, a little deep. Four, party for one. Uh, definitely respect Joel's selection. I'll probably be in her corner next time in the mannerism in three weeks' time. And then for fourth, number one, wrote to Arataki, who won this race last year when it was held at Sandown. I've gone two, seven, four, and one. And I have gone for wrote to Arataki, was uh, third up winning this race last year's first up here, but I, you know I just can't resist those uh, handicap ratings that show that uh, she should be getting seven and a half kilos often. And, and uh, is, I mean, she should be giving him seven and a half kilos and is only giving him a maximum of three. Uh, to beat Rich Fortune, Nikoni and Sneaky Page, one, two, ten and three. And would you believe it, you've just heard about all our best bets on the program. So for Joel, race eight, number four, party for one. For Carl, race eight, number two, Rich Fortune. And for me, race eight, number one, wrote to Arataki. So bragging rights are on the line. And my value bet comes up earlier in the card in race five, which is a 1,400-metre benchmark 70. Bullet wing. You know that I like, or listeners know that I do like the Wangaratta stable of Ben Brisbane. This horse is uh, third up. And uh, two very good runs at odds to start off with. Uh, you know he's going to be on the pace. And uh, he just finished two lengths away over this course at $51 first up and then uh, ran a place at $21 at Flemington three weeks ago. And uh, I think could at least run into a place again in a fairly even field. That's race five, number 10, Bullet Wing. Joel, hit us with your value bet. It's in the first leg of the quaddy, race seven, number eight, a notice. Uh, up and comer, this guy. He won well first up, got to 2,000 quickly at Randwick and looked to have his chance, but I think he just probably lacked a bit of grounding for that run. And then came down to Melbourne, stayed at 2,000 at Flemington. I thought he ran really well from a tricky gate with 60 kilos. Drops four kilos here. Uh, should have more improvement. I don't mind coming back to 1,800. I think he'll be stronger at the finish of that. And in a pretty open race, I thought he was worth thought each way. Last race for me, race 10, number 11, up and under. Uh, this horse started his career in Ireland. He's always been owned by Go Racing, the syndicate uh, uh, based in the Southern Hemisphere. And uh, he was placed in a couple of Irish Derby lead-ups, then ran fifth in the Irish Derby. And he finally broke through for his maiden win at the end of last season. He arrives here uh, off a you know, middle handicap mark of 78. But his, his work at Flemington has been absolutely superb. His recent jump out was... Uh, Finishing ahead of Mr. Brightside, uh, his best form will be over further. But, you know, some of these horses, they, they take a while to acclimatise. This horse has absolutely hit the ground running. At 20 to 1, he can run a big, big race. Healthy amount of respect for Who Dares and Jimmy Starr, but at the price up and under each way for mine. Let's cross to Sydney where they're racing at Ruse Hill. And the first of the black type races is race three. It's also the first of those two-year-old races 
that we mentioned earlier. It is the Arrowfield Canonbury Stakes, 1,100 metres, Group 3, set weights and penalties. This one for the Colts and Geldings, Joel. Yeah, I'm in the corner of number eight, Prost. Uh, him and Fearless crossed the line together in that breeder's plate uh, that I spoke about earlier. There wasn't a whole lot between them. Prost perhaps finished off a little bit better. And I'm expecting him to use gate one and be a lot closer in running uh, than he was that day in the breeder's plate. Where he drew quite well, but he was just a touch slow and stride. And, um, you know, that race, they go quite quick early and he just sort of got lost a little bit. But he hit the line really well. Uh, his two trial wins have been very nice this time in. So happy to go with number eight, Prost. Um, hard in a seven-horse race to to, you know, to have a saver, but that's what I'm going to do because I, number seven, pick up the tab. I quite like his trials. Uh, he's around 34 and 12. Uh, he's the brother to Ravello, a horse that showed quite a bit of promise. Um, so by, Zabi, uh, by Savabil and a half to or a brother to Ravello, you think he's going to need ground, but I've really liked his trials third to Odinson, and then a just beaten when second in the latest one. So that's the way I'll be playing the race. Eight from seven. Uh, five fearless has to be a threat, as does number one, Traffic Warden, who uh, brings the different form line. He bumped into Stormboy on debut. Nothing wrong with that. Then went to Caulfield and was just touch. Uh, was just too good for them down there. Eight on top from seven, five, and one. No firm opinion on this race for me. Fearless on top from Prost. They finished alongside each other with similar swooping efforts in the Breeders' Plate on debut. Third number one, Traffic Warden, who was runner-up to Stormboard, then won easily at Caulfield. And for fourth, I'm putting in Excellent, uh, Excellent, uh, Excellent. How do you say that? Excellent deed, I should Ex- say. Excellent, Excellent deed. I think, and it and enhance. Um, just be wary. They're both in at Canterbury Friday night as well. Yeah, I suppose maybe with the barrier draw drawing close to the rail, uh, he might actually be the uh, the uh, the option there. But they do come from separate stables, so I've gone five, eight, one, and four. But I think it's a, a watch and learn race. All right. Well, oddly enough, uh, the older horses group three is uh, sandwiched between the two two-year-old races. So race four is the TAB Southern Cross Stakes, twelve hundred metres. Group three, quality for three-year-olds and up, Joel. Yeah, I've gone the way of number one, Baller. Uh, got 59 kilos. He's, there was only six original noms for this race. He was one of them. So it looks a bit of a target. He's had two runs back up in Queensland. They've both been good efforts. Comes through that fast Magic Million sprint behind King of Sparta. He carries weight well. Um, a tricky gait in the smallish field, but Nashua Willer to ride and yeah, probably not a race I'm going to bet in, but I've gone his way for the tips. Three Lady Laguna in for second. She's having a really good prep. She's just very consistent, rarely puts in a bad one. Six, hard to say. Yet to tick the 1,200-metre box, but he kicked off at that trip in that fast Magic Million sprint, and I thought he did a pretty good job finishing fifth. So it's got to be improvement in him, and he gets in with 53 kilos. And two, Melkovich. I think he'll be let run here. 1,200 is a query, uh, but he does look to get full control in front, and uh, if he does get that control, he might just pinch a, a bit of a break and give them something to catch. One baller on top, though, from three, six, and two. Lady Laguna on top for me, hoping that her Queensland form can be transferred back into Sydney. Um, you know, I, I thought the last start win uh, was very good against her own gender. Um, still looks well-placed here coming back to the 1,200. A suitable assignment with a bit of race fitness up her sleeve from one baller. 
Uh, two, Malkovich, who's much better than that last start effort in the Kensington Stakes uh, suggests. And for fourth, number six, hard to say. I've gone three, one, two and six. And race five at Rose Hill Gardens on Saturday is the Phillies division of that two-year-old race. It is the Widden Stakes, also 1,100-metre group three set weights and penalties, Joel. Yeah, interesting race. As I've touched on, we've got the three fillies coming through the gym crack, including the winner, Manal, um, who's trialled up really well leading into this. I've quite liked a couple of the first starters, what they've been doing. Three, Celerity. It was actually a late entry here, but she's done a good job in a couple of trials. And as has number nine, Wavebreaker. That's the way I'm going to lean. I might have something each way on Wavebreaker. She's a daughter of Parata. She beat Manal in her trial win. Manal wasn't ridden along, but neither was this girl. And then was third, again, when not really ridden, behind Fearless and Bodyguard, a couple of smart colts. So I just think the form, uh, the trial form will hold up. Karen McAvoy was aboard in, in the latest, and, and he's aboard here, here. So I think she'll run a, a cheeky race on debut. From one Manal, who won the gym crack, as I said, was a bit of a surprise, although did meet with some support at the odds, 26 in the 19. She hasn't been... Uh, pressured in either of her trials three celerity as i said i think she's got good talent and six lady of camelot she's very short she started favorite in the gym crack and she's kind of pretty short here um but i'm not sure she deserves to be as short as she is but uh she's clearly got speed and and may well have improved from that debut outing which certainly wasn't bad nine on top though for me from three one and six yeah, I'm with Celerity, the late entry, trolled on Tuesday, ran on home nicely on that occasion. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's always interesting when you see Godolphin go back into the market and purchase you know, um, a yearling. And this one was uh, from the draft of um, Kitchwin Hills. So, you know, by Exceed and Excel out of a, a well-performed uh, stakes-winning sprinter. Um, just interesting to see how she performs and uh, always encouraging when they're willing to race them so quickly after a trial. She's obviously pleased them, should get every chance from the barrier. So got Celerity on top from number two, Alina, seven Pushpar and six Lady of Camelot. I've gone three, two, seven and six. That wraps up the black tight racing at Rose Hill. And the good news for fans of content is that uh, the boys... Specials weren't in either of those, weren't in any of those three races. Uh, the bad news for fans of content is that their best bet is the same horse. Uh, Joel, let's uh, start with you. Uh, race eight, number seven, Salt Coats. Yeah, this guy is a former Kiwi who came across uh, last spring and, and was given two runs, both against older horses. Benchmark seventy-eight level, finished fifth, first up to Gaza Blanca, and then third behind Rise of the Masses. I thought he did enough in both runs to suggest that he'd measure up to a decent level here. And I'm sure Connections would be thinking that he can measure up to stakes class this autumn. So he would need to have improved. I think he's going really well in those trials that he's been having. Uh, Barrier 2, Tommy Berry's been a ride. He sticks and, yeah, missed the $10. It went up straight into five. I don't think it lasted very long. But I think he will measure up to a decent level and I think he'll be pretty wound up uh, just to try and get his rating up. Uh, to go very close here first up. He's my best. My value is in the previous race, although not a lot of value. Um, he too's met with some early support. Race seven, number six, Estadio Mestala. Let's call it a next best. He's had two runs back from a spell for the Joe Pride Yard. Uh, good trials. They rode him forward first up. And I, he battled on really well, but I think he's better ridden a touch more conservatively. And he was last week 
with the 61 kilos, he was clearly the best of those running on, chasing the leader, Amor Victorious. I like the quick backup for him and third up, 1500. I think he's ready to win. My roughie is earlier in the day. Race two, number eight, Phase Angels. Uh, this is a, a typically wide open highway, but she's performed well at highway level. And importantly, she's a midweek winner too, a midweek Metro winner. Over further, but 1500 first up, I think is a good kickoff. She gets three off for Maddie Owen and her two trials, including the latest one where she ran by the leader who had opened up a big lead was very encouraging. So I expect her at $26 plus to run a cheeky race first up. Uh, Joel's made the case for Salt Coats very well. He's my best as well. And um, yeah, I think he'll run a really good race. Infatuation, uh, got a healthy amount of respect for for her. And she was uh, my best bet last week, um, but uh, they opted not to run. So Salt Coats does have a bit of a test, but I've got a lot of faith in her abil- uh, his ability. Uh, my value bet's in the last race, BC, race 10, number six, just had a you know uh, a wide run in the Magic Minions Guineas. Uh, didn't get any favours and was eased down over the concluding stages. The run beforehand at Caulfield was very encouraging uh, from the outside barrier. And uh, look, stepping back to twelve hundred metres may not be ideal, but uh, just really respect his quality in class and hope to see him hitting the line. Might be able to sneak into the placings and be a horse we can follow again next time over fourteen hundred. Alrighty, across in Adelaide on Saturday, they are racing on the parks track at Morfordville. And uh, as we speak to you, there's only the 71 starters across just the eight races. So uh, bad news for fans of big fields and uh, long meetings, but uh, great news for people trying to fit uh, winning post into 96 pages. Anyway, Carl, they'll still be playing uh, Australian pesos if you can find a winner. So what have you got for us? El Rocco, best bet, race six, number five. He's a dual acceptor, uh, so just pay attention where he runs. He's won two from 27. He is a little bit of a non-winner. He was scratched from last weekend. But I feel like his two runs this campaign have been very encouraging, particularly his last start fourth at Flemington. 1,400 is probably his best distance, I'd say. Uh, And he just looks placed to advantage in this uh, Benchmark 76 contest at Moorville. $6, $6, I think, is a touch of overs, but you are probably getting that little bit of uh, uh, GST by virtue of the fact he hasn't won for over 500 days and both his wins have come on heavy tracks. Uh, my value selection comes up in the following race, race seven, number seven, Supreme Thunder, also around about the same price point of 6 or $7. One uh, well, two starts ago at Narracourt. Last time, I found the line um, behind a dominant win- winner in Billy Bronx. Uh, looks a slightly easier assignment, draws favourably in barrier one. And, uh, yeah, I, I think can can run a nice race in, in that event. But as you said, Bark, small fields, not a great deal of, of long shot value uh, on that eight-race card. Well, my brother will be heartened uh, to hear that uh, El Rocco's finally going to win again. He's a part owner of that horse. But uh, speaking of uh, stick and loyal, Joel, uh, she's graceful again. Yeah, she's my best. Uh, she got but why job. wouldn't, given that she's a last start winner? Yeah, that's right. Got the job done for us last start. We um, didn't quite get the all up for the lazy lobster with the stable mate letting us down. But, yeah, I think uh, striking another good track, uh, very similar race. Toast the deal got within a length of her and meets her two kilos better. But she's graceful. It's that three wide, no cover. So I think she can maintain that advantage and win again. 
And my value bet, um, banking on that form line, race five, number eight, Angelica Peel. Comes through that same race at Gawler first. Uh, she was first up, settled back near last, hit the line really well for four. She'll be fitter for that. And I note has already met with some support. All righty. Eagle Farm is where the action is in Brisbane on Saturday. Carl, what did you like up there? Yeah, race nine, number five, Shopping Esprit is my best bet. I was in the corner of Shopping Esprit last start to turn over the odds-on favourite, Freedom Rally. He wasn't able to do that. He finished third. But uh, I don't think he lost any admirers in defeat. He certainly didn't lose me. And uh, third up here, it is again in a similar sort of race. If anything, there's less depth. And a little bit surprised he hasn't opened up favourite. They've decided to put the bell in the cup last start winner without revenge as the short price favourite and shopping Esprit is the second pick. So I'm not going to complain there. A better price, $3.70. I think shopping Esprit can win. My value selection comes up in the uh, the eighth race. Yeah, this one also with a little bit of uh, overs, I thought, but easy to understand. Speak up. Race eight, number 12, has finished down the track at both starts this campaign, uh, 9 to 10 at Ramwick, 7 to 7 at Ramwick. Last time was only beaten 3.5 uh, in a pretty strong Phillies and Mares event. This is just a class three set weights event. Gets him well at the weights under the conditions. Um, just just think that John O'Shea, you know, obviously he's had a bit of success of late over the, with Junquera travelling up a mare for a suitable sort of assignment in the class three, class four. He knows more or less what it takes and we saw this man measure up in stakes grade last campaign and a bit luckless behind Banana Queen in the Tibby. So, um, yeah, I, I think she's, uh, and even the mayor, Belle Kerr, she was okay over about 1,400 metres and hopefully she can tap into those bloodlines and, and run a race at 25 to 1. Anything for Brisbane, Joel? Uh, nothing for me up there, Bucks. Okay, well, uh, across at Ascot, there is no black-type racing, but there is a hell of a lot of racing. They uh, just casually, uh, just casually, uh, meeting gets called off. Oh, well, bugger it, we'll just chuck another three races onto the meeting that we've already published, and uh, we'll have 12 races at Ascot on Saturday. Our Ascot man is uh, Greg Hooper, and his best is race seven, number 10, Vampy at play. Is value bet race nine, number eight. That's the first leg of the quaddy, race nine. Race nine, number eight, filthy habits. Um, <clears throat> Joel, earlier in the day across the Tasman, they are racing at New Plymouth and Wingatui. Yeah, two pretty good cards. Uh, numerous stakes races on both programs. So, um, yeah, don't mind the, the programs coming in from New Zealand this week. Uh, New Plymouth, my best is race seven, number two, Livid Sky. This is in the Oaks Prelude. Uh, she's coming along really well, this girl. Uh, stakes place last time out wasn't beaten too far. This is an interesting race because we've got a lot of last start maiden winners, a lot of progressive types that you know, any one of them could really take the next step and, and win this. So it's an open race, but she's come up, I think, favourite or equal favourite with the market. And I'd agree with that. On, on what we've seen from her to date, she's going to be taking some beating. But as I said, yeah, wary of, of a number of last start maiden winners that could uh, just keep progressing in that race. Probably a good race for some exotics. My value bet is in the following event. Race eight, number two, Lord Wayburn. Another three-year-old. He takes on the older horses. He got control and won quite well over the mile three runs back. Uh, found one better next time. And then last start, took on a pretty strong race. Uh, it was a 1,500-metre race at Allersley, their first meeting back a few weeks ago. 
only beat one home, but the horse he beat home won a maiden at Tarapa on Wednesday, and the horse that was fourth ran a place in the Waikato Guineas on Wednesday. So it was a pretty deep race. I think out of 1,800 will suit because it should mean he can press forward and, and hopefully try and get control and take some beating. And down the South Island at Wingatui, uh, my value bet comes up early in the day, race three, Generation Joy. Has been racing reasonably well. The last three runs over the mile, but just hasn't quite been finishing off. I think coming back to 1,400 is really going to suit her. She gets a good run from barrier four. Her, her best form is certainly right up to this. And, you know, I just reckon coming back in distance is going to suit. And my best is in the feature, group three, wait for age, white robe lodge, race nine, number four, Lord Darcy. He's on the backup from last week where he got back. He over-raced. It was quite a slowly run race and he raced a bit greenly in the straight. He still ran on really well for third. I like the backup. Blinkers go on first time and from barrier two, hopefully he can, hopefully the blinkers don't really fire him up. As I said, he did over-race last week. That was a slow tempo. Hopefully he can just get into a bit more of a rhythm here and I think he's got pretty decent odds against the favourite number one perfect scenario who does look one of the hardest to beat. That wraps up a big Saturday of racing around Australasia. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, Carl spared our blushes last week with Paperboy running second. Carl just picking up the ones and twos there with a $7 profit. Um, I am yet to get a collect since I got back from my Christmas holiday. So when you're out of form, whether it's tennis, whether it's cricket, whether it's tipping, you just go back to the uh, go back to the things that worked for you in the past. And for me, that is a short one early in the program, and you don't get any earlier than race one, number one at Caulfield on Saturday. Lost. I will be having twenty of the win, Joel. Yeah, I'm determined. If it's the last thing I do to get something out of, she's graceful. So no all up. We'll just go on the nose uh, this week. She's around two dollars sixty. So twenty a win, Morfordville, race two, number three. And I'll just have the best in value in Melbourne. To 10 the win on race eight, number two, Rich Fortune. And five each way on race 10, number 11, up and under. And five each way, up and under. That leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is online as we speak to you. And it is in the shops first thing Friday morning with all the form for Friday night, Fields for Everywhere Else Friday. Uh, we've also got our usual coverage of Saturday and Sunday, all your favourite features and plenty of great reading besides. Uh, and so enjoy your first weekend of February, everybody. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.